my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everyone. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today we have a Full House alum whose birthday we get to celebrate, Candice Cameron Bure, who played DJ Tanner in Full House and then DJ Tanner Fuller in Fuller House. Yes, her birthday is April 6th, 1976. And like always, what I like to do is I'll always choose an episode to dedicate to them. This episode that I chose for Candace Cameron Bure, Season 4, Episode 24, Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And it's kind of funny, the air date of this episode. April 1st, 1991, on April Fool's Day. What's funny about this is the fact that tomorrow is April 1st, 2023. <laughs> so, in this episode, Becky enjoys bonding with her new niece, DJ. But Becky must learn to be a disciplinarian when DJ takes advantage of her. This episode was rated 7.0 out of 10 based on 251 ratings. We see the return of one character, Jake Bitterman. Yes, the last time we saw him would have been in Season 3's 13 Candles. And I believe we will be seeing him again in another episode. Good news, bad news. When I cover the best friends segment closer to the end, of, I think like in October or November. We also have Randy Jocelyn playing Ryan. This guy, um, he's been in a, a few things. Sister, sister. Family Matters, Seventh Heaven, uh, Fresh Prince, Blossom, Just the Ten of Us. He was in Punky Brewster. He played Jimmy? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, now I know. The Going to Camp episode from season four. Okay, I can totally picture it now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is so cool. I did not expect that. Of course, we have the return of Aaron. We get to see where Aaron lives. We don't meet his parents, but... Wow. <laughs> and the haircut that they have on Aaron, we'll get to that, because I got some things to say about that haircut. <laughs> this episode was directed by Joel Zwick, writers Jeff Franklin, and Mark Warren and Dennis Rinsler. Ooh, we got trivia. The house where Jimmy babysits is the same house previously used in... Oh, it... Yeah, yeah. I'll keep an eye on that. Yes. Where Kimmy babysits Aaron is the same house previously used in Misadventures and Babysitting. Where DJ babysits Brian, just with different wallpaper decorations and door slash trim colors. Well, 
I don't think you're going to build a whole new set just for a living room that we're going to see once because we never see any other part of the house. The title comes from the 1983 song Girls Just Want to Have Fun, written by Robert Hazar and was the first major single released by singer Cindy Lauper as a solo artist. Uh, I mean, honestly, when I think Cindy Lauper, this is the song I think of. I mean, I know she's written other songs, but this is the one that always comes to mind. Love this song. Oh, we got a goof. During the pool game montage, where Danny is sinking shot after shot, Jesse's wedding band repeatedly disappears and reappears on his left hand. Incorrectly regarded as goofs. After Danny hits a second ball in the game of pool, the balls change positions on the table throughout different shots after Danny blows on the tip of the cue until the end of the game. However, when they are done playing, Danny says he sank 50 balls, which would indicate that more than one game was played. The balls were in different positions during different games. Well, you know what? I don't play pool, so I'm just going to take their word for it, <laughs> basically. All right, let's see here. And we have no user reviews. Okay, of course, before I get officially get into the episode, I want to let you all know how this works. If you're a Tanner newbie <laughs> who's just joined the podcast, jumped aboard the Tanner train, <laughs> you can listen to this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Also, the podcast does have an email address. If you'd like to send an email to the podcast, talk about your love for Full House or Fuller House, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Also, the podcast does have a social media page. If you want to reach out to me on the Oh My Lanta Holy Chulupas unofficial, unofficial, see, this is what happens when you have other podcasts. <laughs> Sometimes you mix the titles. So yeah. On my land to Holy Chulupas, just if you were to put Full House or Fuller House podcast in the search bar in Facebook, the podcast is going to come up. You can like it, follow it. That way you'll know what series of episodes I'm doing each month. Because each month I choose a different series of episodes. It could be based on a holiday or any theme that comes out of my head. Or again, if you just want to get your voice heard on the podcast, yeah, just just message me and we'll, we can talk about your love of Full House. And if you guys want to get creative and kind of envision if Full House had gotten to season 9 or 10, or even that entire block of 20 plus years between 1995 and 2016 when Full House ended and Fuller House began... There's a lot of time there that they're just, it's ripe for fan fiction. Or even Fuller House. If we had gotten a season six, seven, or eight, <laughs> where do you see the characters? I, yes, I would love to see a Fullest House one day. That would be right up there. That would be amazing. So, yeah, send your, your little mini fan fiction, you know, stories, all that. I can share it on the podcast. Just remember, this podcast is the ears of all ages, Full House, Fuller House podcast. What that means is 
anyone of any age can listen to it and you can feel free to listen to it in your car or while you're getting groceries or while you're folding your laundry making dinner wrapping gifts for christmas or birthdays either or <laughs> you don't gotta worry that i'm gonna drop an f-bomb h-bomb s-bomb what have you or any inappropriate content i created this podcast not just for my love of the show but for the love that other people have for the show that have grown up and fell in love with the characters that have revisited the characters in Fuller House and fell in love with them all over again. There are a few Full House podcasts and Fuller House podcasts out there and they are good. However, that not all of them are going to be family friendly and appropriate for ears of those under the age of 18. So just Choose, you know, take your precautions as you will. Also, if you have been listening for a while and you'd like to show support for the podcast, all podcasts need support. The only thing I ask is a moment of your time. If you have iTunes and you could go there and search the Full House or Fuller House podcast, Click on it, scroll down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. You can have fun with it. You can use emojis. I can guess episode titles. I think that would be really fun. Tell me your favorite character. Hit me up with a trivia question. I would love that. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. And that being said, let's get into the episode. Before we get into the actual episode, we get an adorable little nugget of footage called the cold open. Now, sometimes we may not get one, but a good percentage of the time, we do have a cold open. It's just less than a minute of extra footage of a bonus scene of... Usually, the cold opens usually tend to be about Michelle... Michelle with Danny, Michelle with Jesse, Michelle with Joey, Michelle with the girls. And she, but it usually feels like she's either with one of the three guys. So, that being said, let's look at this cold open. Okay, so this is kind of interesting. It feels like this uh, ba- Joey's basement apartment is still in transition from switching from Joey's basement apartment bedroom because he's now living in Jesse's old room. Because Jesse and Becky are, you know, upstairs in the attic. So, I'm just seeing the set of drums. And Jesse's also got the piano down there. Because Michelle's, like, telling like, because Jesse was on the drums. And she's like, oh, now try the piano. And she's, like, pointing to, like, different things for him to try. And I first noticed it, the red and white blue tiled bathroom I'm like wait oh like it hasn't turned into the studio yet which part of me thinks that doesn't even happen until season five and they also have J&J creative services still oh that's right because they get that pool table this episode there's so much stuff in that basement actually it looks like it's slowly turning into the studio it's got uh the recording areas the sound mixing board all that stuff so it looks like he's slowly it's like he's got the stuff down there that you just have to remodel it to make it look like a studio with the you know wood panel walls soundproof all that stuff 
He knows, Jesse knows how to play, I mean, yeah, the piano, you know, keyboard, guitar, but he apparently also knows how to play the saxophone? Wow, this guy is a man of many musical talents. Okay, I take that back, judging by the look of Michelle's face, like she smelled something really nasty. If she scrunched up her nose, ugh. I thought, he, well, apparently he doesn't know how to play the saxophone, or saxophone. Yeah, and she said, you need music lessons. That's right up there with when Stephanie played the recorder during the season in the Shape Up episode. Because there is gum, apparently, that she was able to spit down into the recorder, which find that hard to believe with how big the wad of gum was, because... I played a recorder in elementary school, and by played I mean I pretended that I was doing. When you're with a bunch of people and you're on stage during a con, one person not playing is not going to make a difference. <laughs> but anyway, the hole to blow into it in the recorder is not big enough for any form of piece of gum to go through. You'd be better sticking it up from the bottom because the hole would be bigger. For the, where the sound comes out. Oh, he basically chases Michelle out of the room. There's, like, also a drawing board for J&J Creative Services. We also see the Three Stooges poster on the wall as you come down into the basement with the Charlie Chaplin. So it's in transition from Joey's old basement apartment to J&J Creative Services to the studio. There's even a guitar there. There's a lot of guitars also. Oh, there's the old uh, ad copy for uh, Permatee that says, Take a Bite Out of Life. I remember that. It's also, that's right, the dartboard. That comes back later, too. Not bad. Play the piano. <laughs> All right. How's this? DJ and Becky spending quality time together. But I don't like the fact that how many times has DJ told Stephanie to stay off her bed, get your stuff off my bed, and DJ and Becky are hanging out on Stephanie's bed. They got a chair pulled up with toenail polish and stuff like that. I guess DJ is just really missing some mommy and me time, I, I I guess. Maybe she and her mom used to paint each other's nails, but it's a nice bonding experience. However, it feels like we don't really get this ever again. Even though it's a short scene. We don't even really... The only time I feel like Becky and Stephanie kind of interacted is when... Stephanie was looking for advice with the whole Tommy Page season five crushed episode. 
Also, the time that in Fast Friends in Season 7, Stephanie was dealing with everyone's like, Oh, where's your friend? Where's Mickey? Where'd she go? <laughs> Gosh, it just feels like... Oh, yeah, and then, of course, the episode I haven't gotten to in Season 8 aired Jesse. Stephanie makes a really not attractive looking blouse from home ec and practically begs Becky to wear it even though it's atrocious looking and Becky obliges and here DJ says guys have no idea how much time it takes to look beautiful or to look good or to get ready for something and Becky says well most guys don't know that but your uncle Jesse is a entirely different story we all know since season well i'd say even more so season two jesse's been is obsessed with his hair he didn't get a whole lot of that in season one yeah becky says your uncle jesse spent 47 minutes in the bathroom fixing his hair and here's his hair's not that long he sprayed it he moosed it he gelled it and he even Becky says, I think he even used my hot rollers. That is a lot of maintenance on hair. But then again, I really don't do anything with mine. I just run a brush through it and call it a day. So, DJ's all about, oh my gosh, I gotta be out of here in 10 minutes as she looks at her watch because they've been painting each other's toenails. And Becky's got a solution. Oh, here, let me help that dry faster. All you have to wait is 10 minutes, really. That's as long as it takes for me when I get, you know, I have someone do my toenails. It's it's so nice when you're on your feet all day to go and have a nice little spa day and just have your feet, you know, worked on and pampered and, and all that stuff. But yeah, usually after they're done with the nail part, you know, painting the nails or whatever, they just say, okay, just sit there about 10 minutes. And that's all. I mean, but apparently she's in a rush. She's like, I, I got to be out of here in 10 minutes. So Becky says, oh, I got an idea. She grabs the hair dryer. That makes me think like that he, wouldn't that be not good for the, the polish on the nails? Wouldn't it make it run? Especially if it's still wet. DJ bends down and starts trying to blow the nail polish dry. So they waddle over to... DJ's bed where the hair dryer is already plugged in and laying on her bedspread. That seems like a fire hazard. But Becky uses her magic with the hair dryer. Like, oh wow, this works great, Aunt Becky. Here comes Kimmy. I guess she and DJ already have plans to do homework together. At the home of the child that Kimmy is babysitting. Wow, they're all wearing my favorite color red. Interesting. I mean, Becky's wearing a red blouse. DJ's wearing a red t-shirt. And Kimmy's wearing a red long sleeve shirt with some pattern on it. And Kimmy's like, her mind is blown at the idea of someone using a blow dryer to dry their nails faster. I'm sure that's a thing in some ways. Yeah. She says... Oh, Kimmy, it's for my nail polish. Because Kim, Kimmy says, oh, wow, Deej, you must have really hairy feet. That's the thing I noticed, though, about feet. I mean, not just guys can get, you know, hair on their feet, but maybe girls out there, depending on, you know, your DNA, genetics, and everything like that. But I've noticed 
Yeah, it's something it's like, and once you do that, once you kind of shave the tops of your feet, it's just like you have to keep up on it, or it's just gonna get out of control. But then again, they say the same thing about the first time you shave your legs. Like once you do it, you gotta keep doing it. You can't not be doing it. So DJ asked Kimmy, "Oh, are we ready for tonight?" And Kimmy, of course, she doesn't want to say anything in front of the A D U L T. And Becky says, oh, wow, at times like this, I wish I knew how to spell. And DJ's like, Kimmy, it's cool. DJ, I mean, Aunt Becky and I, she's more like a big sister. It's like, you can talk just plainly around her. It's not a big deal. Yeah, Becky and DJ are totally twinning with the blue jeans and the red shirts. She even says, it's like, Kimmy, you don't have to hide anything from my Aunt Becky. She's like a big sister. Yes, but she's also an adult DJ, and sometimes that means she has to break confidences if... Yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah, and this is the one that Peggy uses a lot, you know, when she wants to get someone to open. She's like, yeah, you can tell me anything. So, Kimmy says, okay, here's the deal. I start babysitting at 7 o'clock. I'll have the kid in bed by 7.02. You know you're dealing with Kimmy? Yeah. Of course, the guys are coming at 7. To, I mean, like, uh, mm, mm. If I were the owner of that house and I found out my charge invited not just a friend over but two other people over, I would fire them in a heartbeat. There is a Diet Pepsi can sitting on DJ's desk. I just now noticed that. And I've seen this episode before. Granted, it's been a while, but I just noted that Diet Pepsi there. Which usually we're used to the family drinking, like, um, Shasta, some non-name brand soda brand. Okay, so she's saying to Becky how she met Ryan, a really nice guy, who they met in science or biology class when they shared the same microscope. And Kimmy says, yeah, they fell in love over a drop of pond scum. So, DJ invited Ryan over to study for finals for this science class. And I'm just like, you invited a guy over to a house that you technically aren't even supposed to be at? Uh-huh. Real smart. Why can't they just study at Danny's in the, like, kitchen? Granted, I know the house has a lot of people there, but still. Well, there's a point in season five when DJ... Oh, they haven't even gotten their own rooms yet. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. That's right, because she's still sharing a room with Stephanie at this point. Wait, is she? Yeah, that's right, she is, because Becky's Lamaze... Okay, yeah, 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 I got it, I got it. So where's Joey's bed in the basement? I didn't see it down there. It was out of the shot. And Ryan is even bringing a friend for Kimmy. And Becky puts on her mom hat right now because, or her pre-mom hat, or adult hat. She's like, uh, Deej, what does your dad think about you inviting, inviting boys over to a house? Yeah, how does your dad feel about you inviting boys over to a house without any adults? And of course, Deej like, well, dad feels fine because dad doesn't know. And, of course, here she goes, back and Becky against the wall, saying, you won't say anything, will you? This is interesting, because it feels like 
DJ skipping school to get Stacy Q's autograph, and of course bringing home Rocket the Horse, are little things compared to going to a stranger's home without an adult to meet up with a boy. Granted, Kimmy's going to be there, but there'll also be another boy. There's a child there. And it's just, like, the fact that she's willing to defy her father and, and lie, or basically just not tell him. But now Becky, Becky's involved in this now. I just, I don't like how DJ's taking advantage of her. Yes, it's the adult to me saying this, but still. And Becky just, she wants DJ to like her. It's like, she kind of, you know, she's part of the family now. So, she's <laughs> like, oh, I, I guess not to be the cool Aunt Becky. Now, granted, I'll be the first to admit this. I mean, I wasn't exactly honest when I pulled something like this. When I was a smidge older than DJ. Let's just put it at that. Did I use good judgment? No, I didn't because I was a teenager. And I also had... Well, my friend wasn't like Kimmy, but she was still... She's still, to this day, pretty cool. Yes, in the end, I did learn my lesson, though. Moving on. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, it's just, it's it's the thrill of, you know, going to see someone that your parents might not necessarily approve. Well, not in Ryan's case. Ryan's a sweetheart. But still, it's just you're going to a place that does not have adults there. And the people that are having Kimmy babysit, because Kimmy's known around the neighborhood for being a babysitter. Because she's even babysat Tony Kagan and Brian Kagan. A handful of other children around the neighborhood. Uh, DJ hugs Becky and says, oh, thanks Aunt Becky. And Becky says, oh, you're welcome. Here comes Jesse looking for Joey. We don't know where he is. He's out doing something. Probably buying that pool table. Or, no, they rent the pool table. They don't buy it. Whatever happened to that pinball machine that Joey supposedly bought with that old savings bomb bond his mom had dug up for him? Yeah, I don't know whether DJ's just trying to butter Jesse up or she really is like, Uncle Jesse, you're having a really good hair day. He's like, oh, I didn't notice. And of course it goes over to check his, his quaff in the mirror, like run his fingers through his hair. Yeah, I think, oh, 100% yes right now. Jesse is getting the worst outfit of the episode award. I don't know what they got him wearing here, but it is, a, it's just a sight to not behold. It's not, it's not good. I would even put this up with those flowered shirts they tend to put Michelle or Stephanie in, or sometimes DJ. Even Kimmy, what is it with the girls wearing shirts where they have roses or daisies or just other th flowers? Oh, uh, yeah, and he's like, oh, it's funny too because I woke up this morning and just, you know, ran my fingers through it. Not according to your wife, you didn't. You were almost an hour in the bathroom, gelling it, moosing it, whatevering it, whatever you did to hot rollers, all that stuff. Says just blessed, I guess. Then they're saying like hashtag blessed or something. Maybe it was like six plus years ago. I don't know. Like people would when they would say something, they see like hashtag something or other. I don't really hear that too often anymore though. It, his shirt looks like they took a bunch of different pieces of 
cloth and sewed them together. It's like a Frankenstein mishmash color shirt. I love the swagger as he walked out the door. <laughs> DJ and Becky are just laughing about it. But of course, Kimmy is looking at confused because they don't, she doesn't get, she wasn't there for the joke. She doesn't. It's a little inside joke between Becky and, you gotta be a Tanner or Kasopoulos. You gotta be a family member to understand that. You guys have no idea that natural beauty takes so much hard work. <laughs> well, some guys do. This morning, your Uncle Jesse spent 47 minutes in the bathroom fixing his hair. <laughs> he sprayed it, he moosed it, he gelled it. I think he even used my hot rollers. <laughs> his, okay, done. Thanks, Aunt Becky. Uh oh, I have to be out of here in 10 minutes. Wait, I have a better idea. Follow me. <laughs> okay, give me your feet. Oh, you're a genius. This works great. Deej, you must have really hairy feet. Kimmy, it's for my nail polish. Is everything set up for tonight? Are you sure you want to talk about this in front of the A-D-U-L-T? It's times like this, I sure wish I knew how to spell. Kimmy, you don't have to hide anything from Aunt Becky. She's like my big sister. Yeah, you can tell me anything. Okay, here's the plan. I start babysitting at 7 o'clock. I'll have the kid in bed by 7.02. Perfect, and the guys are coming at 7.10. See, Aunt Becky, there's this really cute guy named Ryan in my biology class, and we share the same microscope. They met over a drop of pond scum. Well, it gets better. I invited Ryan over to study for finals with us. He's even bringing a friend for Kimmy. Deej, uh, how does your dad feel about you inviting boys over to a house without any adults? Well, dad feels fine, because dad doesn't know. <laughs> you won't say anything, will you? No, I guess not. <laughs> Thanks, Aunt Becky. You're welcome. Hey, see Joey. Uh-uh. Boy, Uncle Jesse, you're having a really good hair day. Really? Oh, yeah. Yes, I am. It's funny, too, because I just woke up this morning and ran my fingers through it. It's blessed, I guess. So this here is going to be... I'm going to say this is going to be kind of a mini plot, like plot three, I guess, because we got DJ is the main plot with her sneaking over, you know, going over to Kimmy's babysitting job house to meet Ryan. That's pretty much plot A. Then you have eventually the pool table plot B. And then you have Michelle telling tall tales. Or here's an example. In the next scene, we got Stephanie chilling at the kitchen counter. And Michelle runs in and says to Stephanie, Hurry, hurry, come, it's having puppies! And it's like Stephanie immediately reacts. She jumps off that chair and she runs into the living room before she remembers that Comet is 
a male dog and that is not he can contribute to puppies but he can't birth them but it's interesting now knowing what we know in fuller house how yes they never got comet fixed because otherwise we wouldn't have his great 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 grandchild <laughs> cosmo or maybe it's great great grandchild i don't know but anyway it's like nah he will contribute down the road but just not right now and that's the thing i mean think about it you someone comes in like hurry hurry there's something wrong with you know buster or whatever like your dog or cat immediately it's even how far-fetched the scenario is like, like oh like riley's doing cartwheels on the backyard fence or just something well maybe not like that it's more the, the urgency and 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 the everything that the wording of the situation just goes right out the window it's like oh there's something wrong with so like you react that's just it's what you do and michelle doesn't wait very long after stephanie says wait a minute comet's a boy michelle's in the doorway going ah, ha, 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 i fooled you now i can't remember whether i don't know if i did anything like that as a kid but um i think she <laughs> It, it kind of makes me think of the hot and cold game that she played with uh, Jesse's engagement ring <laughs> uh, with Joey. And again, I mean, the older sisters are teaching her stuff, you know, that, so. Just that this is something that is actually going to continue throughout the episode. Mich oh, I think Michelle's going to get uh, runner-up worst outfit of the episode. Again, it's like... I don't know whether those are supposed to be miniature limes or some form of half of a flower or whatever it is, but it's like she's wearing a onesie with a like a bib collar and it well not a bib collar, but it's just very unsightly. It makes me think she's wearing like, <laughs> like hammer pants, but no, it's just a full length onesie looking outfit and they put her in a lot of those but there's nothing wrong with that it's just this one is oy, ugh, unsightly stephanie's reaction is like what and she drops her sandwich on her plate and goes running into the living room yeah and, and stephanie runs in comet just laying there on the floor with a you know chewing on a rawhide bone she's like, comet's having puppies wait wait a minute Kama's just chilling there on the floor, and he's probably looking at her like, hey, what's up? What's wrong? Yeah, Stephanie's like, wait a second, and she turns around. Comet's a boy. And that's when Michelle says, ha, 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 I fooled you. So Stephanie wastes no time having Michelle sit down, and she tells her the story of the boy who cried wolf. And, of course, to Michelle, this is just a story with no, uh, no once upon a time, no ha happily ever after. It's like, no. That's just, you tell lies long enough, no one's going to believe anything that comes out of your mouth. So when something serious happens, nobody's going to have your back because no one's going to believe you. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. 
Sure, the, sh the, the wolf is out there eating the flock. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course, in this story, Stephanie says, let me tell you about a little girl who was watching a flock of sheep. Yeah, in the story, I remember it was always a boy. But, I mean, for this story, of course, it's like we got to have Michelle be able to relate to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she basically just tells a very abbreviated abridged version of the boy who cried wolf and michelle says um okay tell me the story and somebody tells her well that was the story michelle asks no once upon a time no happily ever after not a good story i'm like no sweetie it's not a story it's actually a fable actually it's a lesson that you need to learn please don't make up things anymore. Yeah, Michelle walks away and Stephanie says, uh, why do I bother? Hoi, hoi, come tell me puppy. What? Carmen's having puppies? Wait a second. Carmen is a boy. Ha, 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 I told you. <laughs> Michelle, sit down. A story about a little girl who was watching sheep and she liked to fool people by crying wolf. But then the real wolf came and nobody believed her. Okay, tell me this story. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> no one's fun at time. No happy ever after. Dumb story. <laughs> Why do I bother? Oh, I'm sorry. No, actually, this is... That whole set of Jesse has down there is for the production company when making jingles. Okay. So, Joey leads... This is where Joey was the whole time. He leads Jesse and Danny downstairs. This is a very nice pool table. I mean, it's... I don't know what type of wood they use, but it is very nice looking. Like, brand spanking new right off the assembly and whatever <laughs> they... They make pool tables. But, yeah, he's like, this is the newest addition uh, to J&J Creative Services. And basically what it is, is for when they're blocked and they can't come up with an idea for a, a campaign for, you know, a radio ad for a client. Like, okay, let's take a break and we'll play some pool. Maybe that will spur some inspiration. And Jesse's like, all right, Joseph, now this is a real office. And Danny says, yeah, all we got to do is get rid of the work table and uh, make room for the water slide. And Danny. I know I've said this before, but season four Danny here, mm, no thank you. Yeah, Joey explains this as this. Just so happens I rented this pool table to enhance our creativity. And Joey says, okay, Jess, you know how usually we get stuck with an idea or we can't come up with an idea. What do we normally do? And Jesse says, well, we throw spit wads at each other. And Joey says, yes. Not anymore, though. When we get stuck for an idea, we're going to play pool. I'd say go for a drive in the country. Just go get out in the fresh air away from that cramped basement and just take a drive somewhere. You know, go for a walk outside of the city and you'll come up with something. 
and Joey does point out, it's like, it's, like, it's only to only to be used in those spare moments, in those rare, rare moments where we can't come up with an idea. I wonder how much it costs to rent that, and also how long is he rent? Is he he must be renting it for a day, a couple days, because we never see this thing again. They sit down for half a second, bang their pencils against the desk, and says, "Hmm, I'm stuck." Joey says, "Yeah, me too. Rack them up." <laughs> you know, oh my, they got some really um. There's a poster board of what looks like office furniture, a potted plants, just a handful of a, a file, what could be a toolbox filing cabinet, something to that effect. There's a little, it looks like a play model home shaped like a barn off to the side. This is supposed to be Joey's bedroom. But no, I guess, no, I think that Joey is, he must then be living in Jesse's old room. That's right. That happened in Fuller House. The episode, not the show. Because I kept getting confused. I'm like, where's Joey's bed? There's no room for it anymore. Usually it's right there, just about where that desk is. Here's the scam. Danny says, oh, hey, do you guys mind if I play too? That's a, that's the thing. I mean, since Joey, I mean, that that is an episode in Pale Joey where Danny does get a little jealous with the friendship that Jesse and Joey have. You know, they're partners in the ad agency. Then this is the radio show. And Danny just wants, you know, his best buddy to hang with him. Minus Jesse. Or sometimes, you know, they all hang out together, but it's just, yeah, I mean, it can feel like in a way he probably sometimes feels like the third wheel. Sometimes Joey and Danny will gang up on Jesse or vice versa. Jesse and Joey will gang up and tease Danny. Oh, such big talk from a big guy. Oh, Jesse. It's like, ah, would you look at that? Danny wants to play pool with the big boys. You have some mighty confidence, mister. <laughs> oh, my gosh, she is in for such a surprise. Danny's going to wipe the floor with Jesse in pool, hands down. Jesse says, Danny, pool is a skill of... Yeah, he says... Pool is a game of skill, nerve, and coordination. Yeah, he pretty much just says, you keep score, Danny. I love whenever Dan Jesse is trying to make a point with Danny. He always refers to him as Daniel like when he's trying to be serious. <laughs> uh, Danny does not. Uh, he says, oh boy, do I get chalk and everything? So talking down to Danny, it's like, okay, here are the color balls. When you get one of them into the pocket, you come over here to this little mini chalkboard. Come over here, Danny. And you write a little line. Danny says, because Jesse hands him the chalk, and Danny says, oh, thank you. Wow, this is so much more fun than playing. All right. Well, here it is, boys. The newest addition to our production company. Ta-da! <laughs> pool table. 
All right, Joseph, now this is a real office. All we gotta do now is get rid of the desk and make room for the water slide. It just so happens I rented this pool table to enhance our creativity. Jess, you know how sometimes we get stuck for an idea? What do we usually do? Throw spit wads at each other. Not anymore. From now on, we play pool. But it's only to be used in those rare moments when we're stuck for an idea. Right. All right, well, let's get some work done. Okay. I'm stuck. Yeah, me too. Rack them up. Hey, do you guys mind if I play too? Oh, isn't that cute? Danny wants to play pool with the big boys. Daniel, pool is a game of skill, nerve, and coordination. You keep score. Oh, boy, do I get chalk and everything? Yes, now, look, these are the colored balls, okay, and these are the pockets. Now, when you get one of the colored balls into the pockets, you come over here, run over here, come here, come here, come here. You put a little line like that. See how that was? Just like that, okay? There you go. There's your chalk. Ooh, thanks. This is much more fun than playing. Come, Michelle. I'll be right back. So, Michelle tries her little lying thing on Danny. She's a daddy! Upstairs! Hurry! He's like, okay, Michelle, I'm coming. Michelle is standing on a chair in her... Shit, this... It just looks a little big on her, but I think it's just the parachute pants that she's got. They're really, really billowy. It feels like you could fit another Michelle or another Olsen twin in this outfit. She's always with urgency like hurry 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 come here come here come here like it's an emergency or something he's like michelle are you okay michelle claims she saw a mouse over by the refrigerator and danny is like that's impossible not on my floor he says but there's no crumbs on my floor stephanie comes in and says dad what are you doing because he's bent over looking around the the floor and uh near the oven and Stephanie asked, Dad, what are you doing? He's like, oh, yeah, uh, Michelle said she saw a mouse. And again, <laughs> Stephanie says, oh, really? Was it having puppies? <laughs> yeah, and this is the second time Michelle starts living. Ha, 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 I fooled you. So Danny goes over to Michelle, says, Michelle, it's not nice to fool your dad like that. And Stephanie adds how she... She told Michelle the story about the girl who cried wolf, but it really didn't have an effect on her. And Michelle says, I didn't cry wolf, I cried mouse, as she climbs down off the chair. So Michelle just says, ha, 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 and she walks out of the kitchen as Stephanie follows her saying, Michelle, that's really not funny. Danny should have said, Michelle, I get you think this is funny, but you need to not do this anymore. It's not nice. What is it, Michelle? Are you all right? There's a mouse over there, and he has big teeth like this. A mouse? But there's no crumbs on my floor. That's common knowledge in the rodent world. Dad, what are you doing? Oh, Michelle saw a mouse. Oh, yeah? Was it having puppies? <laughs> I fooled you. Michelle? It's not nice to try and fool your dad like that. I told her the story about the little girl who cried wolf. I didn't cry wolf, I cried mouse. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Michelle, that's really not funny. 
So here comes Kimmy, DJ, and Becky downstairs. And Kimmy pretty much is ready to go babysit. <laughs> Depend well, no, actually, I mean, I don't know what time this is. Because it's got to be close to 7. But DJ's like, hi, Dad, bye, Dad. I'm going to go help Kimmy babysit. I'd be like, first of all, freeze. Second of all, no, you're not. Because... I don't think that the people that Kimmy's babysitting for want another person over there. And I don't think she needs a second person to help her babysit. But, no, it's not so much about that. It's the fact that, yeah, she doesn't even say I'm going over to Kimmy's babysitting job to study. She says I'm going to help Kimmy babysit. Doesn't even ask. Just like, I'm going, hi, bye, I'm going to do this. I mean, if Danny hadn't even have been there, if he'd have just been, you know, in the basement, she would have just left. She never would have told him where she was going. Yeah, he tells her, your biology final is Monday. So, Kimmy pops in here with, relaxez-vous, Mr. T, she'll be studying with me. And Danny says, that's Trey reassuring. Kimmy tells him, hey, I know biology. They made me take it twice. Yeah, Danny is like, DJ, you're studying in your room tonight. Hands down. You're, yeah. And DJ comes up with, but Dad, we had this all planned. He's like, oh, you didn't plan it with me. You didn't bring this up to me. Okay, this is, this is 100% wrong in every way possible. Because DJ would probably, I can get, I bet. I bet if Pam were there, oh, she would probably be like, no, DJ, you're studying in your room. Because you know that Pam will be handling all of uh, the parenting decisions when it comes to the girls for the most part. Danny wouldn't even know about the situation. But DJ pulls Becky into the fray with, hey, Becky, don't you think my dad's being totally unfair? And the look that Becky gives her is like, uh, I, um, I would be like, that's not for me to say. That's between you and your dad. And I just, I don't like how she pulls Becky into this. Just because she's cool Aunt Becky doesn't mean you need to throw her under the bus and take advantage of her. Yeah, and the fact that, I mean, Becky should have just not said anything. She was like, DJ, even though if I agree with you, I mean, it's not really, but the fact that she said, even though I agree with you, DJ latches onto that and says, see, Becky agrees with me. I'd be like, uh, first of all, Becky is not your parent. I am. And I say you're studying upstairs. Becky doesn't have a say because she didn't give birth to you or contribute in your existence. So no. Here we go. Danny is also, it's like a tug of war of Becky. Danny's like, oh, no, that's not what she said. Besides, she agrees with me. Right, Becky? Right, co-host of Wake Up San Francisco? Right, sister-in-law? <laughs> oh, I, I just, oh, I feel for Becky so much. She's like, oh, well, no, not exactly. She just, she feels uncomfortable. She looks extremely I'm surprised she didn't bolt for the stairs. Like, I'm going to let you guys figure this out. Yeah, she's like, well, what I meant was, and Danny says, see, she agrees with me. 
Becky says, <laughs> I'm just going to go wait over there. I want to just, like, remove myself from the room. Like, you know what? I'm going to be upstairs in my apartment, attic apartment. <laughs> so, and the fact that DJ should already know this. As Danny puts a hand on her shoulder and says, DJ, look. It's important to get good grades. He says that there comes a time in everyone's life when you have to choose between excellence and then he gestures to Kimmy, uh, uh, less than excellence. Kimmy looks insulted. I'm like, well, miss, taken biology twice. What do you expect? Exactly. The fact that she's guaranteeing, like, oh, DJ will be able to uh, bring up her grade in biology. Don't worry about it. I took it twice, remember? When we know... <laughs> that Kimmy has now become intellectually deficient, as DJ worded in the Fast Friends episode. And she's usually one copying off of DJ's homework. So, yeah. Danny says, the choice is yours. And DJ says, great, I'm going with Kimmy. And he's like, no, okay, the choice is mine. He never even should have given her a choice. Say, you're going upstairs and you're going to study. That's that. Yeah, he says, you're studying in your room tonight, case closed. Au revoir, Kimmy. Like, go home. Get ready for your babysitting job. So Kimmy says, Deej, this is awful. I'm going to be stuck with two cute guys all by myself. But apparently that's no problem for Kimmy because she's all right. I'm like, uh, I mm, wouldn't want to be alone with two. It just sounds like problems. Oh, hi, Dad. Bye, Dad. I'll be babysitting with Kimmy. No, oh, DJ. Your biology final is Monday. Relaxez-vous, Mr. T. She'll be studying with me. <laughs> That's Trey reassuring. Hey, I know biology. They made me take it twice. DJ, you're studying in your room tonight. But, Dad, we had this all planned. Well, you didn't plan it with me. Becky, don't you think that my dad's being unfair? Oh, well, DJ, even if I did agree with you, it's really not my place. See, Dad? Becky agrees with me. That's not what you just said, is it, Becky? Well, no, not exactly. You what see, I Dee, meant was... She agrees with me. Oh, I'm just going to go wait over there. <laughs> DJ, my point is, it's very important to get good grades. There comes a time in every person's life when you have to choose between excellence and less than excellence. <laughs> the choice is yours. Great. I'm going with Kimmy. Okay, the choice is mine. <laughs> You're studying in your room tonight. Case closed. Au revoir, Kimmy. Deej, this is awful. I'm going to be stuck all alone with those two cute guys. All right. So, of course, DJ's like, oh, I can't believe this. Ryan's going to think I stood him up. I'm like, Kimmy will be there. She can explain the situation. No, you don't need to go over there and apologize in person. Hate you forever? I, If that's the kind of guy he is, which I don't get that impression when we meet him, then he's not worth it. But then again, we don't see him again after this, ep this episode. Yeah. De Becky says, just call him and tell him what happened. And apparently, it's too late because he's already on his way. Apparently, everyone lives in the neighborhood. Everyone is like a two-minute walk away from each other. Explain it in person. Baloney. You're, you're looking for an excuse to go over there when you're not supposed to be going over there to begin with. As 
if you saw how cute he was, you'd want to explain this in person. She is really backing Becky up against the wall here as she says, Can you cover for me, Aunt Becky? And Becky's like, oh, DJ, I don't, your dad said no. And DJ says, Oh, Aunt Becky, please, I'll only be 10 minutes. If I were Becky, I'd be like, You know what? I don't like that you're putting me in the middle of this. You're trying to take advantage of me. You're going to have to talk to your dad. Even though, yes, he will say no. I was like, DJ, it's not like you won't see this guy again or have another opportunity. Well, we don't see him again. But she asks, like, this is their last day on Earth that they'll be able to interact with each other. Or if she slights him by not showing up, he'll ruin her reputation at school. That's the thing. When you're a teenager, and teenagers don't think that far ahead, I get it. But it's like... Go hang out at the mall. Make a date for the weekend. I mean, my goodness. You don't need to study for a test. Because that's probably the only class they have together. Uh, and this is... Yeah. This is what seals it. She, Becky says... DJ says to Becky, You said we were friends. They'd be like, friends is one thing, but... I'm still your aunt, and I'm still an adult, so. And Becky just, ugh. All right, ten minutes. She hugs Becky and says, Ah, oh, thanks, Becky, you're the best. Why, because you got your, what you wanted? No one puts their foot down with these kids, especially not with Michelle, and they walk all over them. And Becky says, Go, be back in ten minutes, or you're in big trouble. <laughs> and so am I. Ryan's gonna think I stood him up. He's gonna hate me forever. We'll call him and tell him what happened. It's too late. He's already on his way. I have to explain this in person. If you saw how cute he was, you would want to explain this in person, too. Can you cover for me? Oh, DJ, your dad said no. Oh, come on, Becky, please. I'll only be ten minutes, I promise. You said we were friends. Ugh. All right, ten minutes. Thanks, Becky, you're the best. Oh. Go, be back in ten minutes or you're in big trouble. So am I. So we see Aaron's place and I immediately fell in love with the front door because it has, oh, it's not really so much a peephole as a little itty bitty microscope, like door that's probably about a foot long. Lengthwise, that you can open, and then you you can see that there's like bars over the front of it, because Kimmy opens it, and DJ's like right there outside the door. So yeah, Kimmy is surprised to see DJ there. She's like, "Oh wow, let me guess, the warden let you out?" And DJ says, "Uh, not exactly." Yeah. See, if Danny isn't, wasn't distracted by the pool table downstairs, he would have went and seen DJ, or not seen her, much earlier. Because DJ explains to Kimmy, yeah, my dad thinks I'm studying upstairs. And she says, Becky's going to cover for me. She tells Kimmy, I have ten minutes. I'd be like, no, your ten minutes started when you walked out that door, sweetie. I don't know how long it took you to walk to that house, but you no longer have ten minutes. You probably have five, if that. You know, DJ is hoping Ryan's not late because you can't stay there. She's not even supposed to be there at all. And Kimmy's wondering who 
Ryan is bringing for Kimmy. Uh-huh. That's your clue. Yeah. I don't know who he brought for you, Kimmy, but he, Ryan definitely said he's your type. So he's basically kooky and weird like Kimmy. So Kimmy has got her <laughs> type down to a science. She says, oh, that's great. So let's see. He's six foot two, drives a red Lamborghini, and knows how to make me feel like a woman. <laughs> the girls just go, woo! <laughs> oh, here comes Aaron. Who cut this boy's hair? Because I'm going to say it right now. I said it's going to wait, but now it's time to um, talk about Aaron's haircut. Or should we say uh, the boy who plays Aaron, Migo Hughes. They gave this little boy, who's probably about maybe five, six years old, a Dutch boy haircut, which is cut just at the bottom of the ears. Yeah, and Kimmy says, what are you doing up? And he holds this black plastic case saying, I want to watch Arachnophobia, which is funny because Arachnophobia is, I wouldn't say it's a horror movie per se. It's not an action film. It's more of a drama mixed with scary parts. If you are deathly afraid of spiders, like I am, even though I've seen the movie a couple times, I still get really anxious afterwards. But he played Gage Creed in the 80s Pet Cemetery, not the Garbage remake. Uh, cool if you like it. I did not care for it. The spin on the ending was... Uh, Interesting, to say the least. If you don't want to be spoiled by the ending, skip ahead 30 seconds. The Creed family with, with Lewis and his wife, forgot her name, and Ellie have all come back from, from the dead, basically. And little Gage is been prior to was locked in a vehicle as his dead family comes upon him and that is how the movie ends oh rachel was the mom's name that's right well she rushes to get that kid to sleep like aaron i know you can't tell time now right now but um or tell time yet but it's way past your bedtime this kid is so sad he puts his hands on his hips he's like Liar! I learned how to tell time last week! And he pulls out his uh, wrist from his sleeve, looks at time because he's got a digital watch. Says, it's only 7.05. Oh my gosh, I just guessed it. I mean, yeah, I'd seen this episode before, but I just guessed at 7.05. He just got like five minutes, if that, to be able to see Ryan and then get home. They need to stop hiring Kimmy as a babysitter because she is horrid. She says, okay, Aaron, you leave me no choice but to sing you another lullaby. As she starts screaming rockabye baby at the top of her lungs, Aaron runs upstairs, his hands covering his ears, going, my ears, my ears, poor kid. That's the only time I will ever say that about Aaron and call him poor kid. When she says, you leave me no choice but to sing you another lullaby. The kid puts his hands up and says, no, please. Oh, we even get applause of that. Oh, my gosh. Hi. Do 
not exactly. My dad thinks I'm up in my room studying, but Becky's gonna cover for me. I only have 10 minutes. I hope Ryan's not late. I wonder who he's bringing for me. I don't know, but Ryan said he was definitely your type. Excellent. That means he's six foot two, drives a red Lamborghini, and knows how to make me feel like a woman. Party! Party! What are you doing up? I want to watch arachnophobia. Erin, I know you can't tell time yet, but it's way past your bedtime. Liar! I learned how to tell time last week! It's only... 7.05. Okay, Erin, you leave me no choice but to sing you another lullaby. No, please! Rock the bike! Yeah, she says, I've only got eight minutes to start a deep and meaningful relationship because the doorbell rings. I'm sorry, but the ten minutes don't start as soon as you walk in that house. <laughs> Again, they start right after you walk out of your own house. So, Kimmy opens a door and DJ says, hi, Ryan. And he does not even look at Kimmy. He's like, hey, hi, Gibbler. You know, both him and Mike, Michael Mumford or Mumford, or whatever his last name was, they both treat Kimmy like garbage. Like, she's just a piece of nothing. I guess she's goofy and weird, but come on, she's still a human being. This kid, I mean, he's a cutie, no no doubt. You know, this is, you know, teenage me talking. <laughs> Not 40-and-a-half-year-old me talking, because that would be wrong. He's like, you, you look different outside of school. And he says, oh, you look really pretty. And, of course, she goes, yeah, you look really pretty, too. And, of course, he's kind of like, okay, wrong choice of words. She's like, no, I mean, you look pretty, you know, masculine. <laughs> so Kimmy cannot wait any longer. She's like, where is he? Where is the hunk of my dreams? Bitterman! Ah! We did not get enough of this character. We only got him for, like, three episodes. In fact, of episode five of season four, so earlier this season, we do see Bitterman, but he's got, like, his, it's, I, in the season 313 candles we first see Bitterman, he's got a mullet. And then when, you know, even though I haven't covered it yet, the good news, bad news episode, He's writing for the school paper. Well, writing, I mean, copying the lunch menu. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like he's got what's left of the mullet in a really not great ponytail. Like, he's just ready to just go in and, like, take a pair of scissors and just cut his hair. We'll talk about that when we get to that episode during the Best Friend series towards the end of this year. When I play the clip, it's very faint, but listen for it. As soon as he walks in, someone says, oh, no. He's a gibbler. And the fact that they were each other's first kiss. Because Ryan's like, oh, great, you know each other. And then Kimmy brings up an incident where he used to eat her paste in, like, the third grade or something. It's like, no, you guys kissed, like, a year ago. You were each other's first kiss during Spin the Bottle. Yeah, she's just like looking at him like horrible, like ugh, Bitterman. Yeah, she says yes. Yeah, since third grade, we've known each other. He used to eat my paste, and and 
Jake Bitterman, although we pretty much just refer to him as Bitterman, he's got a nice haircut. I really like the layered look in the back. And, of course, he's got the 90s part, which is down the middle part. And he's like, come on, Gibbler, you know you love me. So he, he's, got a, he's got confidence. He's got a little swagger there. <laughs> and she says, excuse me while I barf. And it just kind of makes me think of, you know, like an unrequited crush. And you just, they won't take no for an answer. They won't leave you alone. It's like, that's what I get from Kimmy and Bitterman. Oh. Aaron's back again, puts his hands on his hips and says, Hey, those are boys. You're fired, Gibbler. And of course, Kimmy says, Oh, you can't fire me. I quit. And DJ jumps, like, Kimmy, you're babysitting. You can't quit, okay? Here, she says, um, Aaron, how about this? How about I let you watch a retinophobia in your parents' bedroom? And of course, Aaron immediately recognizes this as a bribe. That sounds like a bribe. Is that a bribe? And DJ says, yeah, yes it is. And he's like, oh, I like bribes. And he runs off with the tape. And then Aaron can tell what a garbage babysitter Kimmy is. I wouldn't call what Kimmy's doing babysitting because now the kid's still in the house. And you're just hanging out entertaining your classmates. Went from babysitting to a hangout with your with your guy friends or your crush. Well, DJ's case crush, yes. Kimmy's no. Okay, can you please answer me this? I've ragged a bit on how DJ dresses in season four, especially. She dresses like she's 25. And by when I say 25, I mean she dresses like how Becky would dress on wake up san francisco no no teenager of that time i don't think would be dressing like that we were all about like the neon colors and the all that flannel and stuff it's the last we will see of aaron study groups that's what ryan suggests i'm like there are four of you why don't you just say study partners? I'll work with DJ and Jake, you can work with Kimmy. Jake, you work with Gibbler. Apparently sits down in her lap. He's so close to her. He leans back against the couch, puts his arms out, and then puts an arm around Kimmy. And Kimmy's not having it. She's like, it's time for DJ to go home. Bitterman, why don't you walk her home? Since you're going to be leaving. She says, shut off the drool pipe, Bitterman. Yeah, she says, the party's over. DJ has to go home. Why don't you walk her? Are you... It's a school night, man. Wait, it is a school night, right? Or is it not? You want to hang out with her at a stranger's house that you show up at? That someone's babysitting a child? You want to hang out? Go to a movie. Go out to the mall. That's a hangout. You don't go to a stranger's house to hang out with some girl you share a class with. He's like, oh, I really want to hang out with you. I can't believe you have to go already. Of course, DJ cannot say no. She says, where would I go? I just got here. He is so bashful and shy with the hands in the pockets and the smile. 
Christ! I've only got eight minutes to start a deep, meaningful relationship with Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Gibbler. Hey, Deej. Uh, you look different outside of school. I mean, you look really pretty. Thanks. You look really pretty, too. <laughs> I mean, really pretty masculine. <laughs> okay, where is he? Where's the hunk of my dreams? Gibbler! Bitterman? I guess you two know each other. Since third grade, he used to eat my paste. Come on, Gibbler, you know you love me. Excuse me while I barf. Hey! Dodger boys! You're fired, Gibbler! You can't fire me. I quit. Give me your babysitting. You can't quit. Um, Aaron? What if we let you stay up late and watch Arachnophobia in your parents' bedroom? That's a bribe! Yes, it is. I like bribes. Hey, uh, why don't we break up into study groups? I'll work with DJ. Jake, you work with Gibbler. Ugh, the dream team. <laughs> Shut off the drool pipe, Bitterman. The party's over. DJ's gotta go home. Why don't you walk her? I really wanted to hang out with you. I can't believe you have to go already. Where would I go? I just got here. So let's get back to the pool table of it all in the basement. Turns out Jesse is really good. He's got, let's see, 5'10", 15, 20... 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. Uh, there is 50 points. I don't even know how you keep, you know, basically just a slash mark. So then we got Joey with 5, 10, 15, 17. Hold on. How many times have we heard the term fun boy mentioned? I don't know, but I just think it's hysterical. And Joey says, hey, it's not. Yeah, because Jesse's like, all right, fun boy, pay up. And Joey says, hey, it's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. And I stink as he digs around in his pocket for cash. Because apparently in the 90s we just kept cash in our pockets for whatever. Ah, uh, here we go. Danny is going to secretly school Jesse without <laughs> Jesse really figuring it out right away. And Jesse is so cocky, he's like, Daniel, just save your time and the patience and just empty your pockets right now. Yeah, he says, come on, just just one game. I want to be able to tell my grandchildren that I actually played the kid, as what Jesse refers to himself. And I'm just thinking, oh, he's referring to future Jackson, Max, and Tommy. Did he ever tell them this story? He probably told them how he beat Jesse in the pool. And Danny says, what are you guys playing, playing for, a dollar ball? And Jesse says... No, we're playing for, yes, we're playing for a dollar. So basically, yeah, Jesse got 50 bucks and Joey, uh, yeah, well, Joey didn't get anything because he didn't win. <laughs> this is just crafty of Danny here when he, when, um, cause Jesse sets up the, the pool balls in that, whatever that thing's supposed to be called. Uh, and he says, all right, Danny, you break. And Danny is pretending, like, to use the end of the 
the cue stick. I was like, oh, oh, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> but anything. Yeah. And then uh, Jesse's like, you know what? Hey, why don't we, uh, why don't we make it $2 a ball? I bet anything that Danny could use the end of the pew, the pew, the, uh, the cue ball stick and still break that. Yeah, because Jesse's like, uh, you might want to turn that stick around. You might have better luck with that. And Danny's like, oh, <laughs> you're right. I guess that's why they call you the kid. Danny breaks the pool balls and he ends up sinking three of them. Of course, Danny's like, huh, I guess it's beginner's luck. <laughs> he just made, that's right, he did make six bucks. He, yeah, um, we'll learn that later, that he went to college on a billiard scholarship, and then he minors in darts. He's like, oh, look at that, I just made, yeah, so he made a total of ten bucks already, in like less than a minute. He blows the dust off the tip of the cue stick. See, I think is starting to realize that he is getting played, literally. By Danny, he was set up. Kid still got it. Pay up, fun boy. Come on, come on, hey, come on. It's not whether you win or lose, it's how you play the game. Nice stink. <laughs> My turn. Daniel, please, save yourself the time and humiliation. Just empty your pockets right now. Oh, come on, Jess, just one game. I want to be able to tell my grandchildren that I actually played the kid. <laughs> so what are you guys playing for? Dollar ball? No, we're playing for a quarter. No, yes, we were playing for a dollar ball, yeah. Right. You break them. <laughs> you know what the heck, why don't we make it two bucks a ball? You, uh, you might want to use the other end of the stick. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Kid. Whoa, you just sunk three balls. Oh, gee, I just made six bucks. What a lucky start. Okay, split shot. Six ball in the corner pocket. Huh. Would you look at that? I just made two go in. Yeah, he is totally playing him. <laughs> Go over to the scoreboard, and Danny is seriously, he's made like 60 bucks. Jesse hasn't hit any shot. And Joey's like, good, wow, Danny, <laughs> you are really kicking his butt. Doesn't even look as he makes the shot, and he still sinks some of these balls. Jesse is, like, on the pool table as I'm watching as one goes in. Like, dude, I don't think you should be doing that. I love the little finger gun thing in the wink at Jeff and Danny does it, Jesse. 90 bucks he's made. Audience applauds at that. Yeah, 100 Mr. Washingtons is what Jesse owes Danny. Of course, he says, <laughs> talk about beginner's luck. I love how he slowly turns and glares at Danny. He says, you hustled me, man. I was supposed to be hustling you. Danny holding his hand says, I'm glad you appreciate the irony. And of course, he gives Danny gives 10 to Joey for keeping his mouth shut. And Jesse looks inside. He's like, you knew that he was a pool shark? And Joey says, well, he did go to college on a billiard scholarship. 
And Jesse is like, well, Joey, why didn't you say anything? And Joey says, because I just made 10 bucks. And of course, Jesse is determined to get even. Like, okay, we'll play darts. And Joey says, come on, Jess, can't you just lose graciously? And Jesse says, no. One dart, double or nothing. So he's going to end up owing like $200 total. All right, he got 20 points. He hands Danny the red dart and says, beat that, Minnesota skinny. Minnesota skinny. <laughs> One shot, he got a bullseye. Danny is that good because he minored in darts, everybody. He says, hey, there's no rush to pay me. I know where you live. Apple or nothing. Oh, he's going to start spinning in a chair. Oh, under Jesse's name on that little chalkboard is a frowny face. Whoever spins around the most times in this chair in 10 seconds wins. And Danny's like, Jesse, are you so desperate that you would lower yourself to spinning in a chair? <clears throat> oh, Joey says, Jess, this is pathetic. And Jesse says, shut up and time me, all right? Yeah, eight in what, like a minute or something? And Danny says, Jess, are you so desperate to beat me on something that you would lower yourself to spinning in a chair? And Danny says, I'm not doing this. Jesse throws his hands up and triumphs says, forfeit, we're even. <laughs> Stands up and says, Joey, catch me as he's starting to, like, fall sideways. Five. <laughs> well, Jess, that is uh, 50 balls of $2 a ball. I believe that's uh, 100 Mr. Washingtons. <laughs> hey, talk about beginner's luck. Hustled me, man. I was supposed to be hustling you. I'm glad you appreciate the irony. Thank you, Joey. Here's ten dollars for keeping your mouth shut. <laughs> Buy yourself something nice. You knew he was a pool shark? Well, he did go to college on a billiard scholarship. <laughs> Why didn't you say something? Because I just made ten bucks. <laughs> You gotta give me a chance to get even, man. Well, all right, we'll play darts. Jess, for once in your life, can't you just lose graciously? No, one dart, double or nothing. All right. 20 points. <laughs> Beat that, Minnesota skinny. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Jess, I minored in darts. <laughs> hey, there's uh, no rush to pay me. I know where you live. Oh, hold it, Chuck. You ain't going nowhere. Now, I gotta get even here. We're gonna triple or nothing. We'll... I know. Whoever spins around this chair the most times in ten seconds wins. <laughs> Jess, this is pathetic. Shut up and time me. Go! One! Time. Eight. Beat that. Jess, are you so desperate to beat me at something that you would lower yourself to spinning in a chair? I'm not doing this. Forfeit! I win! We're even! Oh, Joey, catch me. So Stephanie tries, tries actually succeeds <laughs> in getting back at Michelle. Like, this baby, this kid needs to be taught a lesson in telling the truth and telling lies. And the way to get to Michelle is food. And the way to really get to her is one of her two vices. Cookies and ice cream. 
Apparently, Rocky Road ice cream is Michelle's favorite. As Stephanie and Michelle are walking down the stairs into the kitchen, Stephanie says, Are you ready for the most delicious bowl of Rocky Road ice cream in your life? As Stephanie walks through the fridge. And Michelle says, Rocky Road makes me crazy. It's honestly, I like it. Definitely a Bluebell brand of Rocky Road ice cream. Speaking of ice cream, uh, Baskin Robbins actually had a very interesting flavor for the month of March. Uh, chicken and waffles flavor actually was really, really good. Uh, according to their Facebook page, it says, Finger licking flavor has a buttermilk waffle flavored ice cream with crispy chicken and waffle flavored bites. Drizzled in a bourbon maple syrup to make it the best crunch on an island or anywhere. And honestly, it is very good. I still actually have it. I don't eat ice cream a lot, just once in a while. So, but it's still, I, I would have highly recommended it. Yeah, I, uh, every month I check and see what their new flavor is on their Facebook page so that way I don't miss out. Stephanie really plays this up as she's got her hand on the refrigerator, on the freezer door. She says, here comes the marshmallows, the almonds, the chocolate chips. And when she opens the freezer door, she's like, oh no, all the Rocky Road ice cream is gone. And the Michelle, her jaw just drops in surprise. She's called the police. This is an emergency. So Stephanie starts laughing. <laughs> and Michelle, she's not overly irritating. She, I think she knows she's been had. She's A trick has been played on her because she's, what's so funny? So Stephanie, just like Michelle did to her, says, ha, 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 I fooled you. This duck here, this ceramic duck that we've seen over the years, that's where the ice cream is. Like, that ice cream, I mean, it's good if it's room temperature, but let's hope it's not been sitting out too long. Otherwise, it's going to get a, a soupy, not great texture that you could probably just put in a soup bowl. You'd put it in a bowl anyway, but even still. So now they're at the kitchen table, and Stephanie pulls the ice cream out of the duck. And Michelle tells her, that was a very mean trick. And Stephanie said, well, you know what? I had to teach you a lesson. And Stephanie wants Michelle to promise, like, now you'll never fool anyone again, right? And Michelle says, right, now start scooping. Okay, Michelle, are you ready for the yummiest, most delicious bowl of Rocky Road ice cream you ever ate in your life? Rocky Road makes me crazy. All right, here comes the marshmallows, the almonds, the chocolate chips, the... Oh, no! All the Rocky Road ice cream is gone! All the ice cream disappeared! Call the police! This is an emergency! What's so funny? Ha 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 ha! I fooled you! The ice cream is hidden right over here in this duck. That was a very mean trick. I'm sorry, but I had to teach you a lesson. Now, you'll never fool anyone again. Right, Michelle? Right. Now start scooping. So Danny comes up the stairs. He's like, oh, hi, girls. And then Becky comes out from, <laughs> I'm guessing, the laundry room because she all of a sudden uh, pops into the kitchen. 
It's like, oh, wow, uh, Danny, are you through playing pool? Clearly, yeah, she was waiting for him to come up to catch him before he goes upstairs to check on DJ. Apparently, Jesse and Joey are downstairs spinning in a chair for quarters. Oh, my goodness. So, Danny figures that he was a little tough on DJ, so he'll go, you know, have a word with her. And I'm like, see, this is it. You lay down the law, and then you end up coming back and apologizing for it. It's like, no, you need to stick to your guns. Told her how it's going to be, and that's how it's going to be. So he starts to head up the stairs and makes it, oh, no, no, don't do that. No, you know, I mean, you know kids of that age, you know, you talk and talk and talk. They just tune you out, and pretty soon it's almost like they're not even there. And Danny looks at her suspicious, like, Becky, do you know something I don't know? And I always cracked up with this. She says, yes, I do. The gestation of uh, an elephant is Oh, the gestation period of an elephant is 22 months. Danny says, uh, actually, I knew that. That is such a, a, a random fact that just two people in the world knew that. And then as he turns to go back upstairs, she says, well, you also may know that if you go up there, you're not going to find DJ. Yeah, did you also know that DJ's not upstairs? And Danny comes back. He's like, well, then I didn't know. Did you go out with Kimmy after I told her not to? And Becky, yeah, she's feeling guilty. She's like, I'm sorry, Danny. I kind of told her she could. Which, again, she really doesn't have authority to just let her do that. And Danny asks, well, Becky, why, why would you do that? And Becky's answer is, well, Danny, I, I was just trying to be her friend. She says that, well, she, and she just needed ten minutes to talk to Ryan, although that was half an hour ago. And, of course, DJ's sneaking in the back. Because Michelle says, there goes DJ! And Danny looks, because DJ's, like, trying to duck down behind the bushes. And Danny goes over, like, well, where is she? And then Stephanie turns to Michelle and says, Michelle, didn't we just talk about you not telling any mortal lies or making things up? And Michelle says, this time I was making up the truth. And there's DJ again going along the side of the house to the front door. And Danny says, oh yeah, that is DJ. And Michelle says to Stephanie, I'm waiting. And Stephanie says, I'm, I'm sorry, Michelle, okay? I apologize for not believing you. Oh, who doesn't love being right? I mean, for a good percent of the time. And Danny says, you know, I think I'm going to have that little talk with DJ. Yeah, he is 100% in the right. It's like... She shouldn't have been going out and taking advantage of Becky. As he enters the living room, she is heading downstairs and she turns back around, pretending she just came from her bedroom. Interesting how she has her bag with her. She says, I was just coming downstairs to study. The lighting's so much better. And Danny stops her and says, DJ, I know what you've been up to. And she says, uh, exactly how much do you know? And Stephanie fills in and says, lying, sneaking out, meeting boys? Dad, where did we go wrong with her? Danny kind of gives Stephanie a look, and Stephanie's like, yeah, I get it, I'm out. <laughs> so DJ turns to Becky and says, Aunt Becky, you told on me? And Danny says, hey, DJ, why don't you go up to your room, all right? You're going to be there a while. Yeah, he says, DJ, why don't you go up to your room and get comfortable? You're going to be there a while. 
And then before DJ leaves, she shakes her head at Aunt Be at Becky and says, I thought you were my friend. So DJ goes to head upstairs, and Becky runs after her and says, Deej, wait. And then she says, Danny, can let me let me talk to her. And Danny says, all right, but I'm next. And Becky, honestly, don't be too hard on yourself. Teenagers have a way of when they want something, they have a way of breaking us down. Becky promises, I'll get stronger, Danny, I promise. Hi, girls. Uh, Dan, uh, through playing pool? Yeah, Joey and Jesse are down there spinning in chairs for quarters. <laughs> you know, I was, uh, kind of tough on DJ tonight. I think I better go talk to her. No, don't. <laughs> Bad idea. I mean, you know kids at that age, they'll just tune you right out. You'll talk and talk and talk, and it'll be like she's not even there. <laughs> Becky, do you know something I don't? Yes, I do. The gestation period of an elephant is 22 months. <laughs> Actually, I, I knew that. Well, did you also know that DJ's not upstairs? Now, that I didn't know. Did she go out with Kimmy after I told her not to? I'm sorry, Danny. I sort of told her she could. Becky, why would you do that? Well, I was just trying to be her friend, and, and she just needed ten minutes to talk to Ryan, and although that was half an hour ago. There goes DJ! DJ's outside? Where? Michelle, didn't you just learn not to make up stories? That's time I made up the truth. <laughs> Michelle, it's over. Give it up. There she goes again. That is DJ. I'm waiting. Okay, I'm sorry. I love to be right. I think I'm going to go have that little talk with DJ right now. Oh, hi, Dad. I was just coming downstairs to study. The lighting's so much better. DJ, I know what you've been up to. Uh, exactly how much do you know? Lying, sneaking out, meeting boys. Dad, where did we go wrong with her? I know, I know. I'm out of here. And Becky, you told on me? Deej, why don't you go on up to your room and get comfortable? You're going to be there for a while. I thought you were my friend. Deej, wait. Uh, Danny, let me talk to her. Okay, but I'm next. Becky, uh, don't be so hard on yourself. When teenagers really want something, they have a way of breaking us down. I'll get stronger, Danny. I promise. So we see that table that's usually done for homework still has all that nail polish, nail polish remover, emery board stuff just all over it. And it's right by DJ's bed. So she sits down and she takes an emery board and starts, uh, Becky knocks on the door and DJ doesn't say come in. She says, what? Like she's expecting probably Danny to be there. And Becky comes up there, and as she closes the door, she says, Deej, you and I need to talk. Really, girl? You have to ask? Because she says, about what? I'm like, DJ, what do you think? Your behavior and actions. And Becky says, about what happened. Deej, you promised you'd be back in ten minutes. And you weren't. And then DJ is like, well, you promised you wouldn't tell my dad. 
I'm like, girl, this woman is your aunt. She is not your mother. And why are you holding her to that? It's like, why do you think you can even do that? And I like what Becky says here. She says, DJ, you took advantage of our friendship. And DJ responds with, I guess I did. I'm like, no, you did. There's no guess. You did take advantage of her. So basically her excuse is, but Ryan and I were really getting along. I figured you'd cover for me. This isn't Stephanie. She's not your sister. She's like, yeah, she even refers to it. Like, Kimmy, oh, Becky and Iris. She's like, Aunt Becky's like a big sister. But she's also an adult with a responsibility to be able to, yeah, it's like, what are these, even though she's not her parent, but still she is a parental figure in a sense with parental authority. Like, you're not going to just take advantage of her and just do what you want to do. I get it. She's a teenager, but that's not an excuse. And this is a sweet moment here, as Becky says, honey, I love you, and I like that we can spend time together and share secrets. And she says, now that I'm living here, there are going to be times where I have to be a responsible adult. She says, Becky says, it's a flaw in me you're just going to have to accept. And DJ said, well, nobody's perfect, but I'm really sorry, Aunt Becky. Well, at least she apologizes. Becky, you don't have to apologize for anything. Why are you saying sorry? Yeah, you might want to go apologize to your dad. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm sure he's still going to punish you. Maybe you'll get a little bit of leniency with that apology. Of course. Like, DJ, don't hold out on your Aunt Becky. I mean, she... <laughs> she gave you the time to uh, run out there to see Ryan. Like... Well, give me the dates, at least. <laughs> I want to know how it went. I mean, yeah, you said you were getting along. Kimmy locked Bitterman in a closet. Oh, my goodness. That poor boy. Well, <laughs> he was getting on her nerves, but still. I would have like, okay, Bitterman, you have to leave. You can't be here anymore. She says, once Kimmy locked Bitterman in a closet, it was smooth sailing. <laughs> Becky asks, uh, did you get any studying done? And DJ says, oh, yeah studied his eyes his cute smile his cute little dimples his hair i mean he was a teenager me saying this he's a, a cutie of course <laughs> dj says uh, too bad none of that stuff's gonna be on the test though <laughs> right you have to listen to the, i always wish they would hold off on the applause and the credits till after because there's always lines of dialogue where um be yeah because becky's like oh yeah that's too bad she's like you're not gonna do very well on this test <laughs> but yeah when um after DJ's talking about that yeah listen to the dialogue after through the applause and the credits and everything the credits don't make a sound but still it's just funny what Deej you and I need to talk about what about what happened you know Deej you promised you'd come home in 10 minutes, and you didn't. Well, you promised that you wouldn't tell my dad. DJ, you took advantage of our friendship. I guess I did. 
But Ryan and I were really getting along, and I figured that you would cover for me. Oh. Honey, I love you. And I love that we can spend time together and that we can share secrets. But now that I'm living here, I, I'm afraid there are times when I'm going to have to be a responsible adult. It's a flaw in me you're just going to have to accept. Well, nobody's perfect. I'm really sorry, Aunt Becky. I'm sorry, too. Well, I think I better go downstairs and apologize to Dad. Oh, wait, one question. How did it go tonight with Ryan? Well, once Kimmy locked Bitterman in the closet, it was smooth sailing. <laughs> did you get any study? Yeah, I studied. Studied his eyes, his hair, his cute little dimples. <laughs> Too bad that stuff's not on the test. <laughs> All right, guys, that was the end of the episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, too. And, of course, again, I want to wish Candace Cameron Bure a very happy birthday. And, of course, now it's time to award best and worst outfit of the episode. Of course, I am going with uh, for worst outfit of the award is Jesse's Frankenstein shirt. Enough said. When I say Frankenstein's shirt, I mean just different color fabrics. I mean, the blue was nice, but then you put, like, this mossy dirt brown color fabric in with it, and it just it looks unsightly. And, of course, I'm going to give runner-up to Michelle's onesie outfit. Eh, not a fan of that. With her uh, little parachute pants thing. Again, I say it looks like you can fit two Olsen twins in that outfit. Best outfit, however? Uh, you know, I, gosh. Mmm, this is a toughie. You know what? I think I'm gonna give it to Jake Bitterman because I like his colorful striped shirt under his jacket. And then runner-up, I want to give it to Ryan because I think Ryan's outfit, which was basically just a nice, it's like an off-brand Letterman jacket, basically, with the uh, leather sleeves and everything. But he just, he looked very nicely dressed. So, Tanner Teachable moment. Look, guys, for the most part, we're all adults here. We've watched the show growing up. We've been teenagers. We've had crushes. Sometimes when you're a teenager, again, you don't really think things through or the aftermath of something and you want to do something, you don't care how it happens. You gotta, you gotta spend time with your crush. You gotta have a chance to be able to talk to them. And sometimes it's just like, hey, I'll just say I'm doing homework at uh, so-and-so's place and I'll go hang out with this person. It's like, it's important to be honest. But then again... I wasn't always 100% honest when I was a teenager when it come to that stuff. So, another thing. If you're babysitting some at another, at, you know, a person's home, do not think that it's okay that you can invite your friends over, your crush over, and that your uh, charges would be acceptable of that. They're paying for you to watch their child the whole time that they are away. If you're on the distract, just just don't bring another person over. They're not paying for you to 
have your friends over to hang out while you're supposed to be watching said child. Please don't babysit like Kimmy. Please don't babysit like Kimmy. I mean, I get it. Aaron's a little troll, but still. <laughs> don't, don't do that. This is the only time, and I will ever say this, that I felt bad for Aaron. Yeah, so that is my Tanner Teachable moment for the episode. And I hope you all have a great... Well, this is going to go up on Thursday, the day after Candace Cameron's birthday. So hopefully she had a good birthday. And you guys all have a good start to your weekend. Gosh, I can't believe we're already in April. <laughs> it's so crazy. Oh, the few slowly flying by. It's like, it's... Yeah, we've gotten through winter. And now we're well into spring. Well, yeah. Okay, I'm going to stop rambling. Like I said, you guys have a good weekend. If you haven't yet and you want to, go to iTunes, search Full House, Fuller House. Now my Lanta Holy Chalupas podcast will pop up. Click on it, scroll down to where it says leave a review, and leave a review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. If you guys want to hit me up with a trivia question, if you want to use emojis for episode titles from either show, I would love to try to figure those out. If you have ideas for compilation podcast episodes, like top five worst guest stars, something, or characters, or top five couple moment, or just something like that, I would love to do that. If you want to send your suggestions to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Bye-bye, everyone.